Hey, yeah, no peoples. We're in season four, and we want to thank you for joining us on this wonderful journey. If you haven't yet, please consider subscribing to us. We love that you listen, but subscribing will help us more than you'll ever know. Also, regardless of which method you use to listen to your podcasts, please, 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 please leave us a review. We love to hear from you and we want to know what's working, what's not. You can also drop us a line at our website, yeahnopodcast.com. But if all that's too much, we get it. The smallest contribution is subscribing. Thanks again for listening and we intend on delivering a kick-ass fourth season for you. Is this Tina? Is this Mia? Is this, yeah, no. Is this a podcast about having a business at the intersection of design and healthcare? Yes, it is. What are we going to talk about today? We are, I was trying to figure out how I could phrase the answer in the form of a question. We're talking about asking good questions. Why are we going to talk about good questions? Good question. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say that good questions are important in our work because a lot of times people aren't asking questions. They're just telling people things. It's not a good thing. Right. Research is a large part of our work, and I feel that it's important that we talk about how critical asking good questions is. Yeah, good questions, they affect so many different things. As I was looking into this episode, I realized that asking good questions is not only about good research, but it's also about good innovation. It's also about good teamwork. It's about good communication. So there seems to be a lot of purpose and potential for asking good questions. Yeah, I think it's also an undervalued skill. I think people think it's easy. Yeah, that's, I mean. Or just something natural. It's kind of like note taking. We Mm. always talk about note takers and we ask people to be note takers. And it feels like this underling job, but it's really hard and super important. Right. And I feel like that and asking good questions are undervalued skills. Yeah. So why is asking a good question important in healthcare? Sometimes it's difficult to talk about things that you don't want to talk about. Healthcare is about sometimes very painful things, sometimes very emotional things. Um, It can be hard to talk about it. I also think that we don't think about our health 24-7. And so sometimes when we're going into an interview with people, you know, there's a lot of other things going on in their lives. And to ask them a straightforward question like, does your diabetes get in the way of your life? A lot of times people aren't really in the mode of thinking about it. So framing the questions correctly, asking, you know, switching around the questions so that they open up the conversation. Those kind of things are super important. I also wanted to share a really great episode of a podcast that we've been listening to called Creating a New Healthcare. Oh, yeah. Great, great By Zev Newworth. And he was talking to Dr. Mandy Cohen, who is the, I believe she is the head of Health and Human Services in North Carolina. North Carolina. Whoop, whoop. That's my home state. Go Blues. Yeah, yeah, that was not, no. Go Blue is Michigan's. Why are all, I mean, it's all schools are blue. Yeah, I know. As Zev's talking to 
Mandy Cohen, she talks about how she really wants to run the health and human services and focusing on the health part. And she says that we want to treat health, not health care, which is a fantastic kind of way of framing it. And she had a great story that I feel like is an analogy to the types of questions that we ask. She tells the story about how one of the greatest costs is parents who bring their asthmatic children to the ER because, you know, they're having asthma attack. It's probably off hours. They can't see their doctor. They can't get an appointment, whatever, whatever. And it's a huge impact to the system because ER visits are more expensive. And then the parents have to pay these crazy emergency room bills. Right. And what I loved about what the story that she told is that when they took a look at this huge cost in healthcare, they didn't talk about how to triage these kids better or, you know, make more appointments available for doctors or focus on the healthcare part. What she did was she looked at how kids were spending their day And most of their day is spent in school. And so she went into all the schools and ripped out the carpets and put in air purifiers and put down new carpets to take away the allergens that were just starting the asthma attacks. And I loved that because those are the types of questions that I feel like we ask and we get challenged by our clients to say, why are we asking questions about what they do during their day or, you know, what talking about school when we were we were we're focusing on asthma asthma. right and only when we do are we able to see the whole picture and be able to address sometimes lower hanging fruit you know i'm sure it's not a simple job to rip up carpet and and you know put in air purifiers but it's something that goes to the source rather than just putting a band-aid on the problem Yeah, it's the root cause. So we'll just do a little plug. The episode is episode 63 called Buying Health for New York Medicaid with Dr. Mandy Cohen um, on creating a new health care with Zev Neuwirth. Really, really good podcast. So maybe we could just start with a few basics about questions, specifically for research, because... Like you said, I think people oftentimes just think, oh, we can just ask a direct question. And what we've discovered is that it's not always that easy. Yeah. And I think we should just broaden even the definition of research because I feel like a lot of people think about asking good questions in an interview setting or in a setting where you're conducting research. But I almost feel like everything is an opportunity for research. Like Googling? Well, every interaction, like if you go into a meeting and you don't know who some people are or whatever, it's an opportunity to do research to try to figure out who the players are, what's going on, what are the drivers for decision making, that type of stuff. And so those are all opportunities for research and all opportunities to ask good questions. Yeah. And I think that that is a nuts and bolts. If Told you you have the giggles. Nuts and bolts. That's a a pretty basic thing about asking good questions, which is being curious. Yeah. I think being curious is at the root of it. I saw a quote from Eric Schmidt, who's the executive, he was the executive chairman of Alphabet Google, or Alphabet, which is a division of Google. And he said, We run this company on questions, not answers. 
And I think, you know, it's it's important to remember that we don't always know the answers to everything. And um, just to just keep an, a curious mind and be open. It's important to be a question-asking company, and we certainly are, I feel like. So a little bit of background on good questions. Well, there's a lot of different kinds of questions, and it's nice to have a smattering across all oh, of them. yeah. The first is that there are open-ended questions and there are binary questions. Open-ended questions are the ones that further a conversation along most of the time. And binary questions are the ones that usually have one of a number of answers. Binary, of course, a limited indicates that it's two, but it can also have, you know, one of several answers. Right. We tend to use open-ended questions in our research, especially because it helps to do what it says, which is open a conversation up. And I think they're really important. So a couple of examples are, what are all the things that might have caused this problem? Or tell me about the time when you went to the store. Tell me about is a really good starter of an open-ended question. Versus when did this happen? Or do you think that's right? Yeah. Do you think is a good binary question? Yeah. Starter. I also think that sometimes binary questions tend to sound threatening or Mm. accusational. Do you? (laughs) (laughs) I think there's also generic questions versus specific questions. And generic questions can be tricky because I don't think that people go in saying, oh, I want a generic answer. I think that they... they go in thinking, oh, this is open-ended. I'm letting them kind of be whatever that they want to be. Right. And what I find with that is that it doesn't always lead to an answer that we can do something with. Right. Meaning it doesn't necessarily lead to an answer that we can continue to ask questions about or it doesn't lead to an answer that gives us really anything to design for, which is ultimately why we're asking questions. So an example of a generic question is what we always ask people on a daily basis, which is, how are you? Fine. How goes it? Right. And a specific question would be something like, what did you do this morning before you got here? Or what did you have for breakfast this morning? Right. And those kinds of questions get to the specificity and then also tend to open up so that you can ask additional questions. What else? Another one, and this is very um, relevant to research, is around leading questions versus neutral questions. And a leading question is one where it assumes the answer. So it leads you into the answer that you expect someone to say. So an example would be, are you feeling bad today? You know, you're assuming that someone's going to tell you about something difficult. Um, and there are other examples of of that, especially when you're starting to do things like prototyping, where you want to let somebody lead the conversation where they're going versus just shutting it down and just saying like, you know, what is good about this? I have a really good example of this. There's these ads on the subway that are about 311 and how the city is taking an initiative to help people help people who have maybe mental challenges or concerns. Okay. And it's a little cartoon and it's a person at work, a person at a desk and a person standing over them. And it has a talk bubble that says, what's wrong with you? 
<laughs> and it's crossed out. And then there's a, another talk bubble that says, do you want to tell me how you're feeling? Oh, yeah. And then it, you know, goes through. That's exactly. And talks about it. And I thought that was really, well, for, first of all, I was just like, do people actually say what's wrong with you? Because it just seems really inappropriate. Um, but it's the example of a leading question, right? Versus a neutral question. Yeah, um, and a, really a question that opens up a conversation rather than shutting it down. Right. The last kind of nuts and bolts component of asking good questions is what we run into a lot, which is these kind of purposeful questions versus presuming questions. And I'm not quite sure if those are the right words to describe them. But what we run into a lot is people who have already built solutions and are trying to back into the justification of that solution through research. Right. And we're not saying that it doesn't happen. It sometimes does. You know, the advancement of a technology for health or a solution for health, sometimes it goes faster than the research can. But what, when we do run into those types of groups that are coming to us to ask us to conduct research, what we oftentimes are trying to do is say, great, your solution sounds good. It's you know, stemmed from some sort of need. But what we're going to do is we're going to grow that solution and help it be more robust so that it'll solve for a larger problem than maybe the problem that you're addressing. So what we do is we ask questions that don't necessarily get us the answer or validate that the solution is correct or not. Do you like this new health technology or not. But what we do is we say, what can make it better? What, how do we improve upon it? What else is there that's missing? Or show me about, you know, your daily activities, right? Like that's a really different approach to thinking about the role that a technology or a, you know, whether it's an app or some kind of other thing that's that somebody has to use every day rather than asking them, how would you use this thing? Right. It's really, at, you know, going about it and reframing it in terms of, you know, what, what do you try to accomplish? What are your successes and challenges in a given day? And then thinking through, you know, in the synthesis or the analysis, where would this technology come into play? Yeah. And I think that there's a fear oftentimes that you're going to find out that it's not very useful. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's a difference between a question that serves the objective of the overall project rather than getting a specific answer for you know, a, a question that you have. So right. it's kind of broadening that. And I think people get real concerned because they're like, we've already created this thing. We can't broaden it anymore, you know. Right. Uh, which is also why we have a lot of dead health technologies out yeah. there. Another thing about good questions that I feel like we should talk about is reacting to answers. Because I feel like listening and reacting to answers is equally as important as asking good questions. Because in the research we do, where the interviewee or the person that we're talking to is kind of shaping the conversation as we go along, we oftentimes have to almost improvise the next question if, let's say, the interview takes a different turn than what we had intended. And I think that that's really a hard skill to cultivate because it requires just practice. Well, you have to be a good listener. And I think that it's challenging sometimes if you're thinking about what's the next question I have to ask rather than actually really listening to what a person has to say and saying what 
what does that spark for me? What is what else could I find out or what's interesting about what they just said to come up with a follow up question? I fall in that trap sometimes when I'm doing research of we've got a set discussion guide, a set amount of time, a set of objectives, and how do we get marched through it? So you end up doing things like after somebody gives you a response, just being like, great, that was a helpful answer. Right. Next question. Right. You know? Yeah. And I think that of course, we have a lot of pressure from, you know, we need to get data, for example, back across a population or a sample size. And therefore, we need to ask a certain number of questions so that we can have a comparison across answers, right? And so oftentimes that, that can be a challenge because something interesting might have been said, but we're not able to visit it. But I also think that it's not just about listening, but it's almost like improv. You're able to connect the dots of maybe what the business objectives are or what the project objectives are or even what somebody might have said in a previous conversation, whether or not it's the same person you're talking to or somebody else. And then all of that influences your improv question. And I think that that is a, a difficult skill, but really important because I think that that's how interviews and conversations can really get good. My black hole for this episode was riddles. Oh, no. <laughs> Why? I love a good riddle. <laughs> really? I enjoy them. They're like mind puzzles. But this isn't the theme of asking good questions. Yes, because okay. they're questions. My intent was to ask you questions as if I was just going to ask you a question. But now I've just revealed that these are actually riddles. <laughs> this is good acting. <laughs> when is the doctor most annoyed? Uh... When a patient asks questions? No. When he's out of patience. Ah. What's the difference between a joke and a riddle? Yeah, these are kind of jokey. Okay. I tried to make them entertaining. Okay. I also thought that we could do a riddle that we could ask our listeners. Okay. Okay, so this is the listener riddle. <laughs> this is light as a feather, yet no man can hold it for long. What is it? A fart. <laughs> not a fart to the listeners please don't send it fart so okay. the way that this is gonna work i'm crying i'll give you a minute you know how i like these foul jokes like that oh god sorry okay i got it okay so this is control. this is how it's gonna work our listeners can answer it in our instagram okay Okay. That sounds good. But fart is off limits. <laughs> it's off, off the table. Off the table. And you're going to win a dinner with Tina. <laughs> That's right. We'll have a good prize. Tina will ask you questions for like yeah. an hour. I want to encourage people to practice asking questions in their everyday lives to be a better question asker right 
<laughs> and it, I mean, we can change, yeah. you know, I want to change my own behavior around asking questions. Yeah. I really realized like I need more patience Yeah, and just, you know, to have a, a more open dialogue about when asking other people things. Yeah. And I think that also as people are working in healthcare to think about what types of questions that can be asked that will get around their health, not necessarily specific to their health care. And the examples of the questions we asked are not, they're not related health to health. Yeah, yeah there are right. any questions. Right. And so I think that those are always a good indicator of really trying to find out the most about a person or, you know, whatever you're trying to find out about. Yeah. So... How can we close this episode? I thought we just did. That's it? Yeah. All right. You have no answers today. I can't. Oh, my God. I've been answering the whole entire time. (laughs) Stay tuned for our next episode of Yeah, No. I'm sure it's bound to be as riveting as this one. And if you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to Yeah No. You can reach us on the web at yeahnopodcast.com and also on Instagram. And please leave us a review. Our theme song is written and performed by Chess Smith. We record it at Figure 8 Studios with Michael P. Coleman today. And this episode is produced and edited by Tori Flack. Will we see you again? We won't be seeing anyone. Will we be hearing from you again? Absolutely. Will we be back? Will we? Okay, fun's over. <laughs> <laughs>